KMTT, Kimi Tzion, Titei Torah. Today is Friday, Erev Shabbat Kodesh, Parshat Yitro. And this is Ezra Bek. The beginning of today's Pasha, Yitro comes to visit Moshe, and it says, Vayichad Yitro. The Shat translation of Vayichad Yitro means that he was happy. The word Chadva. Yitro rejoiced because of all the good news we heard about what God had done to Israel. Nonetheless, the word Yichad is an unusual word, and uh, there are a number of explanations given by the Gemara for what the word actually means, or what the Jewish of the word means, and one of them is Vayichad Shehevir Cherev Chada Al Bissaro. Vayichad, he sharpened. Chad means sharp. He sharpened. What did he sharpen? He used a sharp sword on his own flesh. Meaning that he was mitikaya. He converted. And the sword refers to doing, doing mila. It actually doesn't say in the Torah that Yitro was a ger. In fact, the Pashupshat later on in Sefer Dvarim would imply that he didn't stay, that he left. Uh, but Chazal understood that uh, Yitro was in fact a ger tzedek. And he joined the Jewish people willingly. In fact, I once even heard from Avlechstein who asked why the whole Pasha of Yitro, the story of Yitro exists. Pashat Yitro is two-thirds about Matan Torah, Asarat Adibrot, one-third the story of Yitro. Why is the story of Yitro brought before Matan Torah? Especially according to the many opinions that say that he actually came after Matan Torah. Or even if he came beforehand, but the more important part of his story the part about appointing judges, that for sure took place after Matantara. So why is this passage before Matantara? And the Lukhansin answered because Yitro was a ger, and it comes to balance a little bit the picture we get that the Kabbalat Torah, the Jews, was a collective action. It was given to the entire Jewish people who accepted the Torah. And because it was a collective action, it was also, it, it lacked the individual responsibility, the individual decision-making that of, of, of a single person. As Chazal say, kafale and how could we give? That uh, it, was, it was a certain element of, of non-voluntariness involved. When you're in a mass, people who are witnessing Matan Torah, they witness all the miracles, they, 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 the mountain is on fire. And so the fervor gets swept up in the, in the excitement, and it's a wonderful thing. That's the collective decision to which the individual is, is maybe not even part. He's, he's swept up by the, by the mass, uh, decision. He throws the exact opposite. He's not Jewish. He wasn't there. He didn't experience personally. He heard about it. He thought about it. He heard. Hearing is not the same thing as being there. And he came on his own. He is vaguely related to Moshe Rabbeinu. Uh, but he's not part of any collective, so his gerut, which is what the past is about, is individual. It's supposed to remind us to balance out the picture that you have to have both both things. To go back to the point, the Chazan say that Yitro converted, and the word that tells he converted is Vayichad, meaning that he did Brit Mila. Uh, so some people ask the question, why did in fact he do Brit Mila? Chazan tell us that the Jews did not practice Brit Mila when they were in the desert for 40 years, because it was dangerous. Uh, the physical conditions were not good, and therefore 
when they came to Eretz Yisrael 40 years later, they were in fact not circumcised. And that's why Yahushua had to circumcise them uh, immediately at the time, a mass circumcision of all the Jews. So why did Yitro uh, perform it if it was dangerous and, and one is not obligated to do so because of Pikuach Nefesh? And so the answer is part of a story. Rav Vilna was one time sitting with Rav Zalman Sarasvin, and he had a book that was written which contained the psak of a question which arose uh, a number of devotes in the, uh, in the 20th century. Uh, if a person converts, but is unable man, a, a masculine person, a man converts, and he's unable to do Mila for health reasons. So, what does he do? Since Gerut, conversion, requires Mila Vitzila, circumcision and immersion in a Mikra. And so this particular Sefer, the Rav wanted to claim that since he can't do it, he's not allowed to do it even. Pikuch uh, Nefesh is Dukhan. It's considered to be an Onus. It's considered to be under compulsion not to perform it. As we know, Onus of Manapate, anything which you are unable to do, including because of great danger, the Torah does not obligate one to do it. Therefore, he can convert without Mila. He will remain uncircumcised. He will just do Mila, as women do. And he will be considered to be a beer convert. Also was very much opposed to this. He said, uh, it doesn't apply. The story is simple. If when dealing with mitzvot, with obligations, so something which you have no power of, you are not obligated to do. Onus, Rachmana, Patre, means that if you are compelled, the Torah weighs the obligation. But a ger is not obligated to convert and not obligated to uh, be circumcised. It's not a mitzvah. It's a method. And the fact that he's unable to do the conversion to, excuse me, he's unable to do the circumcision means he's unable to do the conversion. But the fact that Torah doesn't obligate him, he's not considered to be someone who has not fulfilled an obligation, is irrelevant. Because it's not the fulfillment of the obligation of Mila Nathan the Jew, but the actual, but the actual fact. And therefore, Rav Chaim also said, a Jewish child who cannot be circumcised is uh, not obligated, he's a 100% Jew. But a Ger, who hasn't done the conversion ceremony, for whatever reason, not his fault. But he's not, but he's not a Jew. So Zaman Sebastian was sitting there and he brought a proof to, uh, contention from what we just described. Why did Yitro circumcise himself? Although the Jews did not circumcise themselves in the desert? The answer is because the Jews were Jews. And for them, circumcision was a mitzvah. And since it was inimical conditions, since it was Pikuch Nefesh, therefore they did not have to do it. But Yitro was not Jewish. He was coming to convert. And he wished to convert. And he very much wanted to convert. And he chose to convert. And therefore, he chose, although it was not necessarily a particularly wise thing to do for health reasons, I don't think he committed suicide, but he took a certain chance. But nonetheless, he had no choice. Either he would have not converted, or he would have to circumcise himself. And that's what he chose to do, because he was a gay. If he had used the argument of the Kuch Nefesh, he would have wound up not being not being a gay. And whether it's a good raya or not, it's a good proof or not, there's nothing discussing. Uh, but nonetheless, it's an incisive point concerning Yitro, and uh, it's probably that's what Chazai really meant to say, that not merely that he converted, why is it by Yichad Yitro? Why not by Yitro? 
The point being that he not only converted, but he, with a great deal of Mesirut Nefesh, he, 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 he cut his skin, and he cut his skin even in the desert. Add the point of Zalman Tzavetskin too, to the Torah saying, is that Yitro made a crucial and critical step, the faith sacrifice, in order to join the Jewish people at this, at this point. Tomorrow, Shabbat, is uh, the outside of the Rebbe Mikosk. Maybe now and then I checked before this program to what the outside are coming out. Not because I took the outside of the outside, but uh, it's a little little corner of this program to remember sometimes uh, different facets, basically of Jewish history, of Jewish personalities, and... The outside is a good time to dive on. We don't generally celebrate birthdays, one of the reasons because we don't know them, but also we don't celebrate them. So why not the outside? Shabbos is the outside of uh, Mendel Kotzka, the Kotzka Rebbe. I'm not a big expert in uh, Kotzka Hasidus. Uh, but there are certain things I remember hearing which practically have made a, uh, made a great impression on me. And I just mentioned one or two. Those of you who have... Uh, more of a connection, or wish to have more of a connection, can on this Shabbat, and perhaps engage a little bit more in the Torah of the Katzka. Uh, one of the most famous lines of Katzka, which I heard years and years and years ago, Katzka is famous for one line, so years and years and years ago, I heard this line, and it stayed with me, but given the fact that I have almost no memory left, I take as a sign that it must be important. And Pasuk says, a pasuk of of pasukah, a pasuk of rebuke. Rosh was angry at Hashem. And he says the difference between the Jews and himself is kemerchak mizrach umaavad. The sins of the Jewish people have have distanced them, have separated them so much from God that the distance is the distance of east to west. Anyway. The, the whole world separates them. The Kutzka said, and how far really is east from west? So the distance between east and west is the, the space of you're turning your head around. It doesn't say the ends of east and the ends of west. You face east, you can face west by simply turning around. In other words, it's an amazing distance the bridge over that distance is an internal change. You change your direction. What the Kutzka is really saying, you don't even have to do anything. Which very that already is a, is a critical point. Perhaps one of the points between Hasidut and, and the, the Hitnagdut that the Kutzka was criticizing. But he's really saying that to be back with God, you don't even have to do anything. You just have to change, you just have to change your attitude. Turn your head. If you just turn around, you've turned east into west. It's about the power of Shuba. There's a, there's a similar comment I'm picking up loud now. Uh, a similar idea is found hundreds of years earlier in the Krasnikreskas. And perhaps less, uh, less extreme. There is more to do, but nonetheless, a Krasnik is asking why is the difference between Jews and non-Jews? Krasnik was a philosopher. Basically accepted universalist definitions. And he wanted to know why the Torah was given to the Jews. He assumes the Torah is given to help people. So why not help non-Jews as well? 
they have the same basic uh, abilities because they made the seven alokim, they're creatures created in the image of God. So Avchastai relied on a um, the famous Mamar of Chazal that said that Mishachata Adam Rishon as Chava uh, specifically he tilled by Nachash Zuama the Nachash um, Akadmoni the serpent polluted mankind and when Abraham Avinu followed God followed God's command to go to Israel so the Zuama was removed from the Jewish people. So you might interpret this somehow some sort of mystical statement about the nature of Jews and non-Jews. But for God's explain this psychologically. He said that the first chet was a pnia, a turning. This is what reminded me of the katzka. A turning from God to, to uh, materialism. So being attracted by the beautiful fruit, the pleasant fruit that grew on the tree. That's what Chasai is coming. It was just a turning. That's what the Zuhama, the pollution, means. Once you've done that, you now have a, a predilection in a certain direction. If I come and speak to this person who is he's facing materialism. And I speak to him about God, he might hear, he might listen, he might understand, he might even agree. But it's not going to help him. So God doesn't give him the Torah because he's just not very sick. What did Avinu do? He left. He left. He left. He left. He left. He left. He left where he was. He left the idol worship, the culture of Chavan, and set out to find the unknown promised land. Chazal uses this point very often about Avinu. It says that when Avinu got that soil, he was Haloch ben Asawa Hanegba. He was go going, Aloch He was going and traveling southward. So I'll say, well, what does it, what does it mean? Uh, they say the word Negba refers to the Beit Hamikdash. He didn't know where it was, so he was like, he was wandering about Aloch in the general direction he felt towards where the Beit Hamikdash will be. Only find it many many years later when God sends him the Akedah and Har Hamoria. And so Avinu is is searching for what he doesn't have. He's turned his back on Ur Kastim and he's heading for Eretz Yisrael. That turn is what made the Jewish people different. So now they have this first step in the right direction and therefore Kishwok gives them the Torah in order to complete, help them complete their journey and get to the end and to find God completely. So there is, of course, uh, an important statement here in Akhazda which maybe wasn't in the Kutzka, perhaps wasn't in the Kutzka even on purpose, namely that it's only a first step, but it's the world of difference. The difference between non-Jews and Jews in the Chastai's philosophy is which direction you're facing. Are you facing east or are you facing or are you facing west? I'll just mention one other uh, statement that I heard once in the name of the Katska. The Gemara uh, the says talking about the students of Hillel HaZachim. Hillel, the great Tanaic figure, Hillel had many, many disciples. So, it says there that his greatest of his disciples was Yonatan Ben Uziel, translator of Tanakh. The least of his disciples was Yonatan Ben Zaka. 
very famous, very important Rav, who basically saved rabbinic Judaism by moving the yeshiva, by moving the Sanhedrin, by moving Torah to Yavne at the time of the destruction of the temple. About Yonason ben Uziel, it says, what was so, what, what is the sign of his greatness? That when he learned, when he was learning Torah, a bird that passed over his head would be consumed by fire. That was the, the story in the Chazal, whether it's meant literally or not, but it says that his, his, his intense connection to God while he was learning was so great that above his head was fire. A bird passing over his head would be consumed by fire. The Mendelkatska asked, well, what about, that's, that's the disciple. What about Hillel? The teacher, the master, was undoubtedly greater. What about him? And the Katska answered, Hillel's greatness was that when he was learning, a bird that passed over his head was not consumed. Hillel didn't learn with less fervor, or less devotion, or less commitment than Yerasim Benazim, but he also knew how to restrain, how to keep the fire within himself, and not let it burn out. Of course, in Kat, there's a great deal of emphasis on, on one humility, too, against what we call shtickism, against the outward manifestation. Kat was a very anti-Hasidus Hasidus, definitely an anti-Nebba Hasidus. All the shtick, all the, the, the trappings of Rebishkeit were very much opposed in Kotzka, opposed by the Kotzka. The idea that a holy person should be burning things around him, the Kotzka found to be unbearable. All outside things don't matter. What matters is only the heart. The, we said before, the internal turning from east to west. If there's something called the fire of the heart, and of course it's the fire of the heart, so it burns in your heart. It should not be burning anything outside. So Yonadam Menuzio was very, very great. But his master was even greater. Because when Hillel learned, although the source of the heat was surely no less, nonetheless, the birds are not there. And I'll conclude with one other thought about the Pasha. Very, very beginning of the Pasha. Vayishma Yitro. Yitro heard, and then he came. Rashi quotes from the Gemara, Gemara in Zlachim, what did he hear? Specifically, what did he hear? So he heard everything, but what did he hear? So Rashi quotes, what did he hear specifically? He heard about the splitting of the sea and the war with Amalek. In fact, in the Gemara, in Zvachem, these are two different opinions. Two different Rabbanim, two different Amalaim. One says he heard Krakim. So one says he heard Milchemet Amalek. Rashi put them together. It's true, there's no contradiction. But it's interesting, Rashi took two different opinions, which aren't necessarily contradictory, and put them together. And a number of of commentaries, I know this is found in the Shut Zayit Ranan and other places as well. It's, there's definitely more than one source for this. 
have, have claimed that what Rashi was saying is that he didn't hear two things. He heard, What do we mean? First of all, he heard, and not the victory over Amalek. He heard that God split the sea, and he heard that there was a war with Amalek. We know the war was successful. The Jews, in the end of the Pasha, or the previous Pasha, end of the Shalach, beat Amalek. But it says in Rashi, it says in the Gemara, Milchemet Amalek. So they explain as follows. That what he heard was, there was Kriyat Yamsu, an amazing, fantastic miracle, where God clearly showed his superiority and mastery and lordship over the entire world and over the evil ways of the Mitzvah. People who were present there, the Jews, and then he heard that a couple of days later, Amalek came to attack the Jews. What he knew about Priyam Sofsuf, Amalek knew as well. In fact, that's why they came. There was a public demonstration of the truth of the victory of God and Amalek came anyhow. And that's why Yitro came to Moshe. That's why Yitro converted to Judaism and accepted the Torah. Because just Kriyat Yamsuf so Yitro, the reaction to Kriyat Yamsuf would be to say that God is great. You can say God is great without converting. He would remain where he was but he would recognize the truth. He probably recognized it before. He was a good person. He recognized it even more, more deeply. He could thank God. He could be happy. But what caused Yitro to pick up his feet and move from Midian and join the Jews in the desert was for him the amazing psychological fact that Amalek was so deeply immersed in their conception of the way the world should be run, that even when they witnessed Kriyat Yamsuf, they didn't shake them away. They just saw that as a reason to attack the Jews, rather than to accept that God is king of the Jews. And therefore he realized, and this is the lesson he realized, that a human being who, who, who has a certain conception, you're living in a certain milieu, you have a certain set of concepts which sociologically you've been trained to accept. It's the way you were brought up. That almost nothing will shatter, will get you to change it. Whatever happens, you'll fit it into your conception and move on. So the fact that he recognizes God is not enough. Because he also, he's a product of Midian. He in fact was a Kohen Midian. He was a priest of the idolatry of Midian. So he's, he's changed his ways. He, he now worships God. But he begins to shake and he sees how strong Amalek is in denying the truth, even when it's flushed right in front of their eyes. He realizes that you can't merely see something and agree to it. You have to shatter, uproot the ground in which your previous conceptions come from. And therefore, specifically, Seeing that Amalek is unmoved by Kriyat Yamsuf, he does the opposite. He's not only moved by Kriyat Yamsuf, but he moves himself. He picks up his feet, he shatters his world, he breaks his connection to the outside world, and, and, and is tovel. He immerses himself, literally into Yiddishkeit, into Torah, because he has to change himself 
and have a totally new set of conceptions, totally new understanding, uh, which he does by being Megaya. In other words, it's a, it's a, it's a new concept of, of Gevut. Not Gevut as realizing the truth, but conversion as protest, as uprooting, as, as tearing and shattering of one world and replacing it with another. The need to do that. The need not merely to add certain new things to what I had before. It's all learned from the double shmu'ah, the double news of the splitting of the Red Sea and its almost immediate aftermath, the war with the war with Amalek. This is a lesson for conversion. It's also a lesson for all of us because we all have our conceptions that should be part of our life. By the way, that's also something which the Katska, the Katska once said, the Gemara, uh, the Gemara has a comparison between old age and, and Kof, and being a monkey. Old age is like a monkey. The Katska said, what does that mean? Said, what does a monkey do? A monkey imitates men. What do people do in their old age? They imitate their young age. You develop a certain world, and then, you're still alive, you still see new things, you react to them, but you only react to them as a reflection according to the the guidelines, the conceptions that have been laid down in your earlier in your earlier years. The need for conversion, radical conversion. When you see something new, when you realize something new, not really to add it on, but to jump in wholly. That was the lesson of Yitro. It's also a major, a major thing in the met, in the truth. That was taught, that was taught in past. And then, therefore, it's a lesson not merely for converts, for the root, which is one particular kind of shattering and tearing and re, and, and, and rebuilding of oneself. But it perhaps is a lesson for Kabbalah for Torah, for everybody, at all, at all times. That's it for today. Shabbat Shalom. We'll be back, of course, next week, starting on Monday with the Shir of Raftavoy in the weekly mitzvah. And I want to wish everybody a Shabbat Shalom and Bechol to And you've been listening to KMTT. KMTT, the Torah podcast of Yeshivat HaRetzion, broadcasting here from Alon Shkut in Gush Etzion. And this has been Ezra Bek, Kim Itzion, Itzay Torah, Udvar Hashem, Yerushalayim.
Oh, 